Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, happy Monday afternoon, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson were in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're going to veer away a little from sports today. You know, uh, sports are great. We love sports, but when things occur uh, with our listening audience that are more important and it's sometimes life-threatening or life-changing, we want to cover that. And obviously, the... Uh, the big uh, hurricane that blew through the uh, Gulf Coast region uh, last night uh, uh, qualifies for that. So we're going to touch on that a good bit today. Uh, Luke, how are you, first of all, over in Laurel? And I hope things are good there. Yeah, it's still a little breezy. And uh, I, th- I thought we were you know, not going to see as much as we did. And then this morning, early morning, you know, these uh, some of the, the thicker bands were coming through. And so... Uh, we had some some power outages, uh, not at my house, but throughout the county, and and looks like they got mostly all of that restored. So uh, yeah, it looks like we dodged a big one over here. I understand about twenty seven hundred uh, Dixie Electric Power Association customers were out, but uh, at one point during the night. But you say not not nearly that many now. According to the outage map here in Jones County, only about maybe eighty five left. It looks like. Uh, Another 80 or 85 in Wayne and, and Clark County. So they've done significant work this morning. Life Munkle is the uh, spokesperson for Pearl River Valley Electric Power Association. He's been very gracious about communicating with me last night and uh, and this morning. And Life, first of all, I want to thank you uh, for coming on the show. I want to thank your linemen for the, for the courageous job all of those men do every time we're faced with this kind of natural disaster. Well, thank you for having me, and I absolutely agree with you. They've they've done a remarkable job today, and they always do a remarkable job. But I'll tell you what, we started the day out with over 10,000 of our members without power, and right now, at the last count I looked at, we were right around 1,900. So they've they've dropped it close to 9,000 outages from what we started out at. I had someone ask me this morning on the network what causes most of the power outages that we experienced. So there were twenty thousand plus people in our in our listening area, the Eagle Hour listening area, without power at one point last night. What causes most of the power outages in a storm like this, Lloyd? I, I would say with this one, uh, you know, and it's different with every storm, but with, with the amount of rain that we had and and the winds were strong enough that the, the soil was weak. You know, I, I I would venture to guess that most of it is coming from, from down power lines. I, I was out with some of the crews today, and we were seeing tr- trees down on the lines um, just one after another. Uh, and I think that wet soil is what's causing the biggest problem right now. You know, we had uh, f- absolutely ferocious rain come into uh, West Hattiesburg at about 1 o'clock this morning, and it lasted uh, throughout the throughout the nighttime hours up until about dawn. When did, when were your guys able to get out and really start battling this and getting people back online? We, ha- we had them here early. I, I believe it was around 6.30 in the morning. 
uh, they came in, got their equipment, then they headed right out to start restoring power. So they have been out there for for over six hours already, uh, hitting it as hard as they can to be able to get the power back on. So you know that's even even with that, it's it's remarkable that they've been able to drop this number down as much as it is. And I think we're fortunate that. We didn't get the winds that that some other areas to to the west of us had, but you know, it's it's still a difficult situation. Uh, Luke, I'm sure you have a question for life, but I just want to make this comment to you, Luke Johnson. You know, when these big storms come in here like this, uh, guys that uh, like me and you that talk about sports for a living, you know, we go home and we we ride it out inside our houses, but these. Uh, these uh, men that work for companies like Pearl River and Dixie Electric, you know, they're strapping it up and uh, and going out into the weather. Pretty remarkable, isn't it? It really is. I've got some friends that work with different companies, and I was talking to one of them last night, and I think you know they'll head to the coast and then head into Louisiana too. So it's uh, especially those guys down in the bayou right now. Um, man, they've they've got their work cut out for them. Life. Um, here's my question. You know, you guys know where your lines are, and you know where all the the main lines are and stuff. But you know, in a situation like this, you know, when it can the wind can get pretty gnarly. I mean, is there like a standard plan when you go in, or do you have to go in and assess and then the plan changes based off what location or what roads or uh, you know some we live in mississippi and some people you know kind of live out in the boondocks as we should say <laughs> well well the first thing that we do of course is we get out there and we we assess the situation and, and we follow what is a, a pretty common restoration process for for all the power companies and we focus on the biggest repairs first those that are g- going to get the most members on so at first you're, you're checking you know, Cooperative Energy, of course, is, is looking at their transmission lines. We're starting looking at substations because any repairs there at substations can bring on a large number of homes and businesses. And from there, we're moving out from the substations, looking at our distribu- distribution three-phase lines. Those are the power lines that are carrying power to towns, communities, and some of our bigger subdivisions. And then we start looking from there, looking at single-phase lines, which are going to individual homes and businesses. So, so there is a process that we follow, uh, but, you know, we've, we've got enough boots on the ground right now that we're able to move it along pretty quickly. How many, and not specific number, but, I mean, you know, sometimes those guys uh, get, get kind of lost in it. People are, you know, calling in, I want my power back, and they don't realize. But, you know, how many guys roughly or crews have you deployed, you know, or will deploy in the next 24 hours? Well, we've got everybody out there that's available right now, and that that puts that puts well over a uh, hundred individuals, linemen, servicemen wow. out there in the field. Uh, but that doesn't include all the office workers and everybody that we have behind the scenes that are helping coordinate efforts to to get the get the power back on. Uh, in addition to, to our own in-house crews, we've we've got MDR out there with three crews. We've got Looks Great Services out of Columbia here with four crews throughout our service territory. And we've got Santee Cooper from South Carolina also here with two crews helping out. So I want to definitely give, give them some credit for coming that way to, to, to come down here and help us with our restoration. That's what's always so remarkable to me is that we see guys come from all over the country. You know, to help out fellow Americans when uh, this kind of disaster comes through. Life, uh, when do you expect to have the remainder of your uh, customers back online? I'm sure they, I'm sure they're waiting for you. 
Well, you know, right now we can't give a projection on complete system restoration. There's just, with the amount of trees that we have down on lines and, and the fact that we're continually finding more issues as we, as we go along, as our servicemen and everybody are out there uh, assessing, uh, you know, we, we really can't give a projection on restoration. I, I think that dropping from well over 10,000 members uh, six hours ago to below 2,000 now kind of can give us, give us an idea, hopefully, on where we're headed for into the future today and possibly into tomorrow. Right. Well, look, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. We're grateful to you for that. And please extend uh, our thanks on the Eagle Hour to all these linemen and all, all your employees that are out working hard to get life back to normal for all of us. We really do appreciate your life. Absolutely. And we thank you and we, have, we thank our members, too, for their understanding as we work our way through this. All right, everybody. Life Munkle from Pearl River Valley Electric Power Association. Luke, I saw early this morning there were quite a number of streets and Laurel that were flooded and some power lines reported down in various parts of uh, Jones County. How bad did it get at your place last night? I'll tell you what, about 1 o'clock this morning, it ramped up here, and uh, I just don't see how it could have rained any harder. And it was really windy and just incredible amounts of rain for about a six-hour stretch. Yeah, it was just cloudy like like yesterday, and I guess it was probably about 9.30 last night. Lauren and I were both doing some schoolwork. She had her, her headphones on, and all of a sudden she turns to me, and she goes, is that rain? And I said, yeah, it's rain. It's been raining. I mean, and it started coming down, and then we uh, we have a two-story house. We slept downstairs last night just in case, you know, tornado warning or something would, would come across. And, you know, it was several times, two, three, four in the morning, and I had looked at it. We, we got some red bands. I mean, it wasn't just yellow. I mean, we got right. some, some good red bands. And whereas I was kind of monitoring the wind and, you know, Early projections had the wind in the the mid teens to high teens. You know, it, it it changed throughout the night, and I think we got some thirty forty mile an hour winds uh, at at my place in in North Jones County. So, yeah, I mean, it was uh, I I thought from you know the the projections of it, I thought we would would get a little less than that, but but yeah, we did. And I talked to a buddy this morning. You know, some some guys I know were without power, but for the most part, I mean, just wind and rain and and go pick and pick up some limbs. Nothing like what they're experiencing in the bayou. Right. Well, we're very cognizant that it's football week, and uh, we're going to be talking a lot about the opening game all week long. We're going to talk some sports before the hour is over, but uh, we do want to get all of our listeners uh, in our areas that this show is broadcasted uh, covered and uh, find out from them. So we're going to continue that effort on the Eagle Hour. We hope you'll stay with us. To the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back to a special edition of the show. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk sports all week long, but we want to get everybody up to speed on where we are following uh, this major hurricane 
that came through our area and all the uh, Eagle Hour listening areas around the state. And so to do that, we have Steve Bryant now with Southern Pine Electric Power Association. And Steve, I'm grateful to you for coming on. I know these are really busy days uh, for you guys. Uh, 16,000 of your customers without power at one point as a result of this hurricane. Yeah, that's correct. And we we appreciate you having us to help get the word out to all of our members. Um, Currently, we have 9,000, approximately 9,000 members that are still without power. Um, But the crews are assessing damages and working as quickly and as safely as they can to to get all of our members back um, restored with power. We also have additional help that's come in. We have about 100 additional linemen and about um, 50 or so additional right-of-way workers that are in our area, in our territory, helping our crews to restore the power. Talking to uh, a a gentleman in the same line of work with you in the first segment from Pearl River, he was talking about people coming in to help. It's just amazing how how these companies, you all cooperate with one another and help each other in these times of emergencies, don't you? It really is amazing. Um, the cooperative difference is what we call it, and, and it's so true. We have contractors that come in and help, but sister co-ops help each other. And, you know, we're all nonprofit co-ops um, that are in part of this mutual aid network, and we just help when we need to. You know, we went to Alabama when they needed us, and we've got people coming in to help us when we need help. Uh, Luke, Steve Bryant from Southern Pine Electric on the show. Steve, when you talk about the cooperative uh, difference, and mainly when when these guys cooperate, it will be, like you said, will it be guys inside Mississippi also with other cooperatives, or, or they've got their own stuff that they've got to take care of, and so you get people out of state to come in? Yeah, there's a network of 22 states that if everybody in Mississippi is busy with their own problems, then um, they will come in from out of state. But we have gone to help our sister co-ops in Mississippi, and they've also come to help us. It just depends on how many of us are affected at that time. You've got uh, Smith County, Jasper County, uh, Simpson County, uh, Covenant County, several more right there, uh, kind of north of where I am in, in Laurel right now. And and I ask um, I asked this question earlier too. I mean, sometimes you you know with with where customers live, we, we like our land in the state of Mississippi, and some people just kind of live off by themselves. And man, it can create create problems. And and you know sometimes people wonder why am I the last one getting there and. You know, it's just sometimes that's the way it, it works out, um, how you guys have to attack the problem of restoring service. Yeah. Um, Southern Pine is actually one of the largest in the country as far as territory goes. We have 10,500 miles of line, and that stretched over 11 counties. Um, and our footprint is about six meters per – that's the average, six meters – per mile. So that tells you how spread out we are. And then some of the areas like Copaya County, we cover, you know, they're in really, really rough terrain. So a lot of areas that trucks can't get to. So the guys have to get out there and climb the poles. So it does take time to get the the power restored in some of these areas. 
Steve, what kind of damage are your crews seeing throughout the 11 counties that you guys are servicing? Well, fortunately, um, this is not what we anticipated and planned for, which is a good thing. You know, we never want anybody to be without power, and 16,000 is a lot. But during the ice storm in February, we had 30,000. So we were preparing for the worst, and hopefully we can get everybody restored in the next few days. Um, some conditions that we're seeing mostly um, down power lines due to tree branches falling, some trees falling, um, a couple of broken power poles, you know, things like that. Those things do take a little time if a power pole has to be replaced. But if it's a down power line that can be reattached, um, that goes a little bit quicker. Yeah. I know this is a tough question. Any timetable that you anticipate having all your customers uh, back up? Well, we can't really give a timetable, but I can tell you that, you know, if weather conditions continue to improve, then we'll be working as long as we possibly can, as safely as we possibly can today. And then we have additional help coming in tomorrow. So we hope by, by um, the end of tomorrow we can have the majority of our members restored. All right, Steve, our thanks to you for taking the time uh, to put up with us today in the middle of all this chaos. And uh, and our, our sincere thanks to the men with Southern Pine Electric that are out uh, working on behalf of all of us following this big hurricane. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, Steve Bryan, everybody, from Southern Pine Electric uh, Cooperative. And that's sort of a summary uh, through most of our listening area of uh, the power situation. We will be talking uh to Robert Bird uh, over in the Macomb Brookhaven area that we broadcast into as well uh, in just a few moments. Uh, it is football kickoff week, Luke. We're kind of lost sight of that uh, as a result of uh, this big hurricane that uh, moved through our area. But here we are. Here we are, man. It's uh, it's it's football week. 125 hours, 33 minutes, and currently right now as I speak, five seconds away from 7 p.m. <laughs> on uh, Friday or Saturday night. Not I was, that, I was not ready that, for not it. Not that you're I, counting you're down. you're throw yeah, it at me. Yeah, not that you're counting down, right, Luke? <laughs> I, I, all you have to do is get a, an electronic device, go to a certain website, punch your time in, and I did not calculate that during the first two segments. Right. But, yeah, I mean, what an exciting week. So much going on five days away till the kickoff. Um, we were talking about it. Um, off air uh, or on Friday over the weekend, got my got my two physical tickets, Bob. Not digital. Got my two All physical right, tickets good. for the South Alabama game, and guys are getting ready. I think, man, just people are excited, and and I think in some ways, what, what people in South Mississippi, you know, have faced this week, thinking forward to this weekend, are going to help people persevere through this week and, and get ready for this weekend. You know what it made me think of this morning, uh, and I, I go back 16 years ago. My son was living down here. He was a college student at the time. My wife and I were living up in Greenville, and we came down for the first football game following Hurricane Katrina that was played. And, and I remember we were sitting in the upper deck that night, and I remember looking out across the campus and there was just so many blue tarps on top of the roofs of, uh, you know, of the campus and, and just all the we were stunned at at the degree of destruction when we got to Hattiesburg. Uh, and that football game was uh, it was an odd atmosphere. I remember, you know, it felt good to see him playing football and it felt good to be there. But all around you was the reality of, of things that are much more important in life. Uh, this storm hasn't been nearly as bad, obviously, thank goodness, as Katrina. But it'll be a breath of fresh air for people after after 
COVID and, and then the hurricane and everything that's occurred uh, to see the Golden Eagles on the field Saturday night? It will. I mean, it it will break your mind, you know, or give your mind a rest in, in order to not think about the things. You know, we, we've talked about that before, how sports is an escape for us. And, you know, that game you're talking about, I think it was against McNeese State. It was really funny. I think it was in the third quarter. We may have been going out to punt, but anyway, the lights went off. Correct. Like the part of the lights just turned off. And I remember I just sat down on the field. And, uh, you know, it was going to be, you know, five, ten minute break before they, before they got it fixed. But yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. And, you know, when, when we, we were around for three days or so and then they took us to Memphis, the two lane game got canceled. We played it at the end of the season, but, uh, we went to get ready for BAM up in Memphis. And, and, uh, you know, what you had during that time, man, you had each other. Cause I remember we stopped at uh, north of Jackson at a Western Sizzling and it was the first hot meal we had had in four, three days because they were giving us hot dogs at the Commons. And I remember this guy, uh, one of our one of my teammates, he's from New Orleans. CNN was on. He said, "Man, that's my grandma's house," and he was pointing at the screen. And you know, and and during that time, man, you just bonded. You had each other. And uh, but yeah, you wanted to. You got tired of hitting people, and you wanted to hit somebody else. And so, right. Eagles. Uh, I think Will Hall said it. They're just ready to hit on somebody else after this long camp. Got to be close to a sellout, if if not a sellout, right? Should be, yeah. That's that's what we've been hearing, and you know, look, doesn't look like Mobile was affected uh, by by Hurricane Ida, and so uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting. And I, and I think there's going to be a, a, a lot of Golden Eagle fans there. And of course, they're excited on the South Al part with with Kane Womack's first game as head coach, so it should be a really good atmosphere. Right. We were going to have their play by play guy on uh, today, but uh, we've pushed that back to Wednesday. He will be on Wednesday, and we'll have a preview, really detailed preview of the Jaguars uh, on Wednesday. And Lee Roberts uh, returns to the Eagle Hour starting tomorrow. And uh, Lee will be with us every Tuesday from now out uh, through football season to analyze uh, what's happened uh, in the weekend prior with the, obviously with the football game and then look ahead to next week's opponent. So we're, it's for real. We kick it off with Lee Roberts and uh, a preview of South Alabama Wednesday. And before you know it, Uh, The Golden Eagles will be back on the football field. All right. Eagle Hour continues right after this. Hope your power's on. If not, they're working hard to get it back. We'll be back, too. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. Special edition of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us this afternoon, and uh, we want to thank uh, Life Munkle and Steve Bryant for joining us. Hey, we love our listeners over in the Macomb-Brookhaven area, so we wanted to find out how things are there. Who better to call than Robert Bird? He's the Super Talk manager for both of those markets and uh, a great sports guy himself. Robert, I hear you've been cutting on trees today. How is everything over there? Hey Bob, yeah, we're, it's a lot more fun to talk about football, but uh, <laughs> right. it, you know, uh, it is one of those things that uh, was had to deal with, and it seems like we've 
we've learned our lessons over the years, and uh, seems like we get better uh, at getting prepared for these things. Um, but yeah, we we had probably the significant thing that we had over here in Macomb, Brookhaven, was uh, trees falling, crossing roads, and still roads being cleared all over. Uh, especially uh, Highway 98 coming into Macomb from Hattiesburg. Uh, Tyler Town area had significant uh, down power lines because of fallen trees, and um, that's that's pretty much the significant damage that I've seen and have been told about. Uh, we had some trees along the interstate over I-55 way uh, that was early this morning around the Macomb exits uh, coming in out of Louisiana right into the Macomb area with some significant uh, damage as far as trees uh, being down on the road. But I think they have worked pretty pretty fast today to, to clear some of that up. Of course, the main the main issue now is when is the power going to come back on is what we're all – is the million-dollar question over here. Right. Everybody wants their electricity back on quickly, I, and I completely sure. understand that. It got bad here about 1 o'clock in the morning, and uh, the really – the, the worst of the weather we experienced in Hattiesburg, about from 1 till about 6, I think Luke indicated maybe a little earlier than that in Jones County. When did things go down over there, Robert? It started probably uh, about 10.30, 11 o'clock last night, and then the power went out at, right at midnight last night. Uh, and then, of course, that hadn't come back on. And then the heavy downpours probably came in at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning uh, over here in the Brookhaven uh, area. And, we, of course, now we're still seeing the steady rain. And of course, it's the sideways rain that, uh, with the wind gust, probably. Of course, I don't have a, a accurate uh, anything to tell me exact wind speed, but just out of experience, I'm going to say 15, 20, 25-mile-an-hour gust still blowing here in the Brookhaven area. And, uh, you know, there's uh, people without power and uh, people uh, trying to uh, get into into town to see what's open, to see if they can get gas for some standby generators in some cases and uh, trying to get all the last supplies that they need now that maybe they found out that they needed after the fact. So uh, some stores are open. I'm not exactly sure uh, if they have a generator on on their own in Brookhaven and Macomb. Some of them are up and running. We have a couple gas stations that are open. I saw some long lines at gas stations this morning. Uh, a couple tire stores, a couple of our banks are actually open uh, mm-hmm. over here. So um, some some pretty good traffic. A couple of the fast food chains uh, were open this morning. Uh, some long lines at all of those places that we just mentioned. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, waiting on the power to come back as a uh, as a whole uh, maybe maybe in the next couple of days. All right, Robert, we really appreciate the update. Can we get you back on to actually talk about sports and football in the next couple of weeks? Absolutely. That's a lot more fun, for sure. <laughs> All right, Robert. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. All right. All right, Bob. Stay safe. Robert Bird, everybody, general manager of the Super Talk Operations in Macomb and Brookhaven. And uh, and Luke, I'll fix a hookup with Dixie Electric Power, but it's kind of the story everywhere, right? Everybody trying to get back on their feet. They are. Everybody's uh, trying to emerge and assess and see if there's limbs down or, or uh, trees down. And, and when you look at what's happening right now in Hattiesburg, Hattiesburg, uh, Mississippi right now, 79 degrees where Bob is at the First Bank Studios. It feels like 84, and that's because 83% humidity. Still got uh, winds uh, 18 miles uh, an hour um, with uh, in, in Hattiesburg, and we look kind of like the, the hourly forecast in Hattiesburg, about a 25% chance of rain uh, through uh, the evening late, probably around 10 or 11, it's going to start um, 
coming again. But right now, I mean, can have even some some gust in Hattiesburg in, in the 30-mile-an-hour range. Laurel, on the other hand, uh, about 78 degrees, uh, wind 17 miles an hour, and it's going to continue to be really overcast like this uh, the rest of the day. And, Bob, I believe we got Dixie Electric now. We do. Amanda Mills is with Dixie Electric Power Association, great friend of Super Talk over in Laurel. And, uh, Amanda, we love all of our listeners in the Jones County area and all the areas that uh, your great company serves. How are things as we speak regarding power? When, what was the maximum number of folks you had out, and where do things stand now? Sure. Um, we peaked this morning around a little over 2,700 outages. Um, we fared fairly well, considering all the different forecasts that we saw from meteorologists on with their predictions for power outages. We did really well. Um, so that was probably around 4 a.m. this morning. We peaked around 2,700. But um, by 9 o'clock this morning, we had that number down to 435. Wow. And right now it sits at 141. So we're knocking them out. Our guys are wow. on every boots on the ground. We're working hard to get our members restored with power today. Other folks we've been talking to in the hour talk about a lot of a lot of the power outages were the result of limbs and trees falling on power lines. Is that the case yes. with Dixie Electric? It is. We've had three broken poles, but, yes, mostly trees. And I'll tell you this. Um, I've been out with the crews this morning. Uh, checking on them, taking pictures, and the flooding is probably the biggest concern here in Jones County. Uh, I can't tell you how many times we got on a road and had to turn around quickly and get out because mm. it was completely um, flooded. We had to find alternate routes just about everywhere. So the conditions are not ideal for anyone to be on the roads right now. But, yes, most of our outages were due to limbs and trees that have fallen. Um, I think every outage I went to to take pictures today involved a tree of some sort. All right, right, Luke, I know you've got a question for Amanda. Amanda, yeah, I'm over here in Jones County, the First Bank Studio in downtown Laurel. Um, yeah, you mentioned that I was, I was, I live out uh, in Northwest Jones County, and yeah, you know when the Tallahala and the Tallahoma come up, it's going to come over the roads. And I saw, you know, some flooded fields, and that was one of the things that kind of surprised me this morning. I saw some of the flash flooding warnings for South Mississippi, like south of us, but man, Jones County got lumped in there, and so I guess you've been seeing it that that uh, it, it, some of these creeks and branches and other places they've overflowed and people need to be careful as they're out today. Absolutely. Always remember that thing they teach us as children. You know, you turn around, don't drown. And so uh, I, I put that to the test several times today. You know, you, you right when you think you might can make it is when you decide you can't. So it's always better to turn around rather than trying to go through uh, flooded roads. But, yes, we saw them, lots of little country roads. Um, we saw we were out in Hebron. There were several out there. Ellsville Junction Road, I know, was underwater in one area where it's small bridge where a little creek came through so it's it's not just you know your big rivers and lakes that are overflowing it's these little small creeks that are overflowing on roads as well ditches you know um a lot of ditches were overflowing and into the roads as well i'm uh i'm a dixie electric customer myself and you guys have a very very great app a smart app i was on it a minute ago looking at the outage viewers people can report outages even if something were crazy to happen and somebody after the storm you know there's a way there's tons of ways easy ways for people as dixie electric customers uh, to let you guys know they don't have power absolutely our smart hub app is the best way not just to report your power outage but there's so many different tools inside of that app you can use you can monitor your use your energy use you can see what your bill is you can pay your bill you can View our live outage map. You can report an app. And right now you can actually vote in our annual elections. That's another 
great thing. You know, we have members, not customers, and we are in our board elections right now. So that's even something you can do within the app is vote. There's so many different things in that app. It's a free app in the App Store. It's um, in an iPhone and Android, and it's called Smart Hub. Hey, Amanda, I had someone from the network this morning when I was on there reporting for down here uh, asked me how this compared to Hurricane Katrina. This was obviously a major storm, but you had much more damage in your system 16 years ago yesterday, didn't you? Absolutely. Well, you know, when you look at the two paths, they're so completely different. You know, Katrina came up the I-59 corridor, and and, um, the eye of the storm came right through Jones County. This was so far removed west, we really just got those outer bands which we're still on the east side. It's not the fun side of any hurricane to be on, but uh, it, the trajectory path was so different that this one could not be compared to Katrina for our area, at least. Right, and, and real quickly, about a minute left. Unfortunately, you're kind of in this emergency mode still from all the tornadoes last year. There's so many dead trees that are out there, and it doesn't take much saturation for those to come on down. You know, this number right now where we sit at 141 still members without power that number's going to fluctuate all day because trees, they're not done. I mean, we're still, mm. you know, going to get some rain, and the ground is just heavily saturated, so we may still see trees fall throughout the day, even as the winds die down. Hey, Amanda, our thanks to you for taking the time to talk to me and Luke, and please extend our our great gratitude to all your uh, all your men that are out there restoring power to everybody. We depend on you all so much, and you're always there. So our, our gratitude to Dixie Electric Power. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on. Okay, Amanda Mills, everybody, from Dixie Electric Power, your power company. Luke, you're glad your power's on, I know. I do, and I really like that Smart Hub app because I can check my daily usage. So if Lauren's running the uh, the air conditioning too much, I have, like, proof positive, like, screen information. To sh- I'm, the, I'm the one. She, that's not her. She gets cold, so it, it's a way for me to check myself. But it's a great power company, great app. All right. We appreciate everybody that uh, joined us uh, already in the show to update us on that. We're going to get back to sports. A great effort by the ladies' soccer team, but a disappointing finish. Luke's our soccer expert, and he'll tell you what happened next. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on a windy and rainy Monday. Brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Labor Day camp coming up next week. Go sign up on DBATHattiesburg.com. DBAT D1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, where uh, we are uh, been talking about uh, across where you live, uh, the ramifications and kind of the aftermath of Hurricane Ida. If you don't have power, um, they're working really hard to uh, to get it back. And uh, a remarkable job by the electrical companies and cooperatives in South Mississippi 
trimming that, uh, in some cases 50%, in some cases 90%, uh, just since last night. So we appreciate everybody who has boots on the ground or working in the offices and the command centers that are working to, to restore power back, and they will get it to you. A couple news and notes, uh, a big showing for Southern Miss. They played uh, for the Southern Miss soccer team. They played over in Tuscaloosa, took on the Alabama Crimson Tide, the Lady Tide, and, uh, man, it was a great game. Lady Eagles fought back in this one. They were down 2 to nothing after the 55th minute. Alabama got a penalty kick, and Southern Miss found themselves down 2 nothing. But the Lady Eagles fought back. Freshman Elena Esquerdo, from, uh, she's actually from California, from uh, Columbia, uh, Comavina, California. She scored twice in the second half and tied the game up. Game goes into overtime. Alabama puts a shot on gold. We stop it as at the goalkeeper position. Great save. And then Bama gets the uh, deflection and, and ends it, I think, in the 108th minute. I text coach Mo after and, you know, he just said, man, it's a, it's a brutal game sometimes. It's a tough game sometimes, but <laughs> they're uh, proud of the effort. Um, Lady Eagles, uh, will bounce back and uh, take on the Trojans of Little Rock. This coming Friday, kickoff is scheduled for 4 p.m. Lady Eagle Volleyball, on the other hand, starting the season off 4-0 and in four matches against uh, Mississippi Valley State, Southern Illinois, USC Upstate, and uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Lady Eagles won uh, all four of those matches by a combined 12 sets to three. So uh, Coach Rudecki and her staff, and this is a staff that they're, they're, it's a veteran team, six seniors, only three freshmen. So it's an older team and they start off uh, the season four and oh. They will travel this weekend over to Tuscaloosa in the Crimson Tide Invitational to take on Buffalo Troy and Alabama in the Crimson Tide Invitational. Also, uh, news and notes, Bob, uh, after we went off on uh, air on Friday and, and the weekend approached, uh, the Jaguars made a move. They traded Garter Minshew to the Philadelphia Eagles, and as a result, Nick Mullins uh, cut by the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, it's it's kind of tough to get picked up right now, but that's a guy who, when you look at what he's done, you know, in the amount of time he's played, I think it's only Patrick Mahomes has thrown for more yards than Nick Mullins. So you would think that he would get um, some type of backup opportunity somewhere. Well, yeah, it was tough news to hear. A little surprising to me because they got Minshew and you got Flacco. You got two veteran quarterbacks and uh, on your roster, and apparently the starter is is a guy that's played maybe a half of one game. Just seems kind of like an odd setup to me in Philadelphia, Luke. Well, the, the deal with Minshew is Minshew is crazy efficient. I mean, he doesn't light the world on fire. At the same token, he's going to um, he, he's going to get the ball where it needs to go, and that's because he came out of a Mike Leach offense. You know, he's really effective, and and I think this is you know this could spell trouble possibly for Joe Flacco, who's obviously at the end of his career, and you know you. They, 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 what this is, I think this is soft confidence in Jalen Hurts. Not confidence, but but soft confidence. Um, and, but you hope Nick would rebound. And then, of course, also, Bob, uh, with New Orleans being affected tremendously by the, by the hurricane, uh, doesn't look like the Saints. Uh, or Tulane will get back anytime soon. Tulane was set to host Oklahoma and Yulman Stadium on campus Saturday. The Green Wave are in Birmingham. And then Sean Payton uh, said today that there's no plans this week for the Saints to return back to New Orleans. So, man, it's just it's a mess down there. And, 
and our heart and prayers go out to everybody in the South Louisiana place because, man, yeah. it's it's tough. The news out of Homa and Grand Isle and Lafitte and some of those places is really tough. Yeah, no question. And, and that's more important than football. Tough, tough break for Tulane. What a home opener, my word. Uh, but uh, that doesn't look like that'll happen. 60 seconds left. Is Nick Mullins done? I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, here's the here's the only downside to it. They really liked him in San Francisco, and it may it may have been where you know they liked him and held him held on to him so long. You know, it, it may have his his time may have got passed over a little bit for people taking interest in him. And you know what kind of forced him out was the third overall pick. You know, Trey Lance. They knew they were going to pick a quarterback, and and so that's why they they let Nick go. But you know. Shanahan loved that guy, and uh, so I wonder if that will hurt him. You know, going to other places, um, people will feel like maybe he only works in that type of offense. But I mean, Nick's a guy that's been able to get the ball out, and uh, but when his next opportunity needs to be a, a little more bold and, and limit the mistakes. But I think he's still a, a great backup quarterback, a, a guy that can come in and and uh, and salvage a game or, or salvage a help salvage a season. And uh, I just hope he, he gets that opportunity. Not a great young man, no question about that. All right, Lee Roberts returns to the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Things are going to be back to normal. All over South Mississippi, we're going to start talking Southern Miss football versus the Alabama Jags, South Alabama Jags. That's coming up Saturday. We're going to cover it thoroughly the rest of this week. Stay with us. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.